Hey, this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. Amen. All right, here we go. Look at your neighbor and say, uh, You are enough. All right, say it again. Find somebody else to tell them, you are enough. All right, so we're starting a new series today called Legit, uh, Being Who You Are. All right, I heard one person say, you know, um, you know that you were born an original. Don't die a copy. All right, you don't have to be like nobody else um, because we actually want you. We don't want that other person. Uh, We want you to be who you are. And so... Open your Bibles once again to Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And I'm just going to kind of give you um, just um, the picture of what we're going to preach today. And then we're going to read this scripture. But let me just kind of give a little introduction here as we dive into the word. And I'm going to just give you, if you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three things on how God operates. I got some points, but I'm going to give you this first. Okay, and the way God operates, if you look at pretty much anybody in the Bible that God touched and God called, He did these three things for all of them. And the first thing he always did is God first and foremost established identity. He gave them a word. So Jeremiah, you're a prophet called to the nations. And he said, I'm too young. I'm scared of them. He told Moses, this is what I'm calling you to do. When God gives somebody a word, when he would speak to somebody, even Jesus, when he was baptized, the father said, behold, my beloved son, with whom I'm well pleased. Before Jesus performed a miracle, God the Father established identity in his life. If you look at anybody God called, he first and foremost established identity. Joseph gave him a dream. He gave him more than a dream because that dream gave him identity. That young man was given a dream. He shared that dream with his brothers and we kind of know what happened. But But that word, When God speaks to you, his heart isn't just to give you an assignment. He's trying to establish identity in you, okay? Because this is the thing. This is what we're talking about all this month, legit, okay? Just look at your neighbor and tell him, say, I'm legit, okay? All right? Tell him again. Say say it this way. Say, legit, I'm legit. Tell him, like, legit, I'm legit, okay? Anybody believe that you're legit? Yeah. There's, There's nothing prideful about that. Some of you might have been a little... Awkward saying that, like, who says that? I'm legit, right? I'm just, I'm just trying to get you to participate here in the sermon, okay? Um, just trying to get you to participate, okay? So, so God, first and foremost, established identity. The second thing that happens, every time, now, now we're going to talk about this today, every time God establishes identity, it triggers a trial, a process, a wilderness experience, or some sort of refining process every time. Does anybody want to know your identity in Christ? Yes. Does anybody want to go through a process? No. But this is how God operates. Why? Why does he establish identity? Why? Because that's the one thing that's going to get you through the process is you got to know who you are. My wife kind of said, you got to know who you are. God the Father knew Jesus was about to be led by the Spirit into the wilderness And God the Father said, you know what? I'm not going to tell him all the miracles he's going to perform. I'm going to tell him, you are my son, and I'm pleased with you. 
Now, here comes the devil. And this is what Father God does, is he gives us identity because that's the one thing that's gonna get us through life. Knowing, you gotta know who you are. We fall into sin, not because we wanna be evil people. We forget who we are. We do dumb things, including myself. Somebody say amen. Because at the end of the day, you forgot who you are, who you were. You forgot you. When Joseph was given identity, he went into a pit. He was sold into slavery. He was, um, um, he was convicted of a crime he didn't commit. He went to prison, but he never lost who he was. He was able to go through that because he went back. He would go back to a day when God spoke to him and says, boy, I got a plan for your life. And he was able to weather the storm and identity was never stripped from him. So it triggers a refining process. Number one, God first and foremost establishes identity. Number two, that triggers a refining process. Number three, God then brings freedom to others through you. That's it right there. Okay, now I'm gonna preach this message. I just kind of preached it, now I'm gonna preach it again, okay? But this is, this is the thing. This is the why identity is so important because God's gonna use the process of a trial to bring out the best in you. What's happening around you is not intended to break you. It's intended to, to, um, to bring out the best in you. God will use the worst of situations to bring revelation out of you. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good and y'all ain't even saying nothing. But in Romans chapter 8, um, verse 15 to 17, it establishes identity. It says we're sons of God, we're children of God, and if we're children, we're heirs, and if we're heirs, we're joint heirs with Christ. Everybody say identity. Verse 18, here we go. For I consider the sufferings. Right after identity, it's talking about suffering. Right after knowing who you are, it's talking about suffering. It says, for I consider the sufferings of this present time. All right. Anybody ever gone through any suffering? Anybody ever go through anything going, why in the world am I going through this? Do you ever think, why, what did I do to deserve this treatment? Huh? No? Come on. Say amen. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Okay, I'm going to encourage you. I know we're talking about legit. I'm just saying you can't. You have to go through suffering to become legit. Yeah. You have to go through a process to become legit. It is a process. This is how God works. This is the, uh, unless a grain falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, somebody say process. It produces fruit. The legitimacy of the seed is proved in the darkness. But sooner or later, you're going to see something sprout. You're going, to see, you're going to see the beauty of that process. But nobody wants to talk about what happens under the surface. The breaking. You know what dirt does? It destroys the seed. The shell of the seed. The greatness in that seed. You nobody know. There's no, it's just a seed, but there's greatness. But that greatness, the revelation of that seed doesn't come out until it's destroyed. Somebody say amen. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. For the process. All right? Your willingness to endure will determine your capacity for glory. 
I'm going to say it again. Your willingness to endure will determine your capacity for glory. Here it is. Suffering in faith is always to your benefit. Trials in God and with God are always beneficiary. You are the beneficiary as a result of those things. God will wants to use those things. We nobody is exempt from a trial. Nobody is exempt from suffering. Nobody is going to avoid and sidestep affliction through their whole life. Can I get an amen? And this is the beauty of being in Christ is God will use it for your betterment. You will benefit as a result of everything you went through. In Growth Track today, I was talking about pain and how even the worst and darkest things you've been through, God's like, man, I will use that if you let me. God will use it all. Suffering in faith is always to your benefit. Suffering in the kingdom is advantageous to your spiritual growth and maturity. I said suffering in the kingdom of God in the plan of God is advantageous, fancy word, to your spiritual growth and maturity. I'm gonna give you the definition of, of suffering in the Greek. It means pathema, and it really comes from a two words that mean strong feeling. And this word in the Greek is redemptive. God uses it. Redemptive meaning it's preparing us to know the Lord better. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know. We're going to probably have less people next Sunday. But it is preparing us to know the Lord better now and in eternity. There's multiple scriptures when it's talking about suffering and trials in God and with God. Okay? Pathena is, is not inherently negative. Although it doesn't feel comfortable and it, and it feels negative, the results and what God will do with it are positive. It is how God works. If Jesus, think about the horrible, gut-wrenching things that happened to Jesus on the cross and God used every thorn so we could have our minds back. How could God take torture and redeem it for our benefit? That is what God does. That bearing your cross is a blessing to you and to others. All right. I know this isn't good preaching nowadays, huh? You ain't going to find this on YouTube. You're going to have to look deep in YouTube. You got to do a lot of searches. Suffering in God. Let me see. You probably find some weird stuff in there too. Come on, somebody. Say amen. But don't, you won't find weird stuff on our podcast. Come on now. Somebody say amen. You're going to find some good stuff. You're going to find the truth with some grace. Come on now. This is the beauty. I would much rather suffer in God than have pleasure outside of him. I know what pleasure is outside of God, and that thing will bite you in the end. It's like taking drugs. It feels good in the moment, but then the next day you're tripping. Okay, maybe not everybody in here can relate to that. But I know some people, some of y'all looking too cute. The cute ones are the ones that can relate. Come on now. So, come on. Can I get an Amen. It's, yeah, ple sin is pleasurable for a season, but I would much rather go through a tough time in faith, trusting God. He's on my side. I mean, I don't have it all figured out. I have no idea what's going on. Pathema, it almost sounds like that's where we get the word pathetic. Come on now. I'm like, Lord, is there a connection? I literally was like, there's gotta be a Greek connection 
Because anybody ever feel like you're walking with God, you're loving God, and you're like, it's pathetic. Pathema, suffering. It's a positive result in the end. Come on now. Think about the suffering my wife is going through right now. She's carrying baby Luciano, and she's got to wait 30 more days. Somebody say groan. Say it with me. Say groaning. Somebody say travailing in labor <laughs> till Christ is formed in me. Come on now. Why does God talk about the agony for God and Christ likeness and he correlates it to giving birth? Because there's a groan, there's a blessing in our groan, in our longing, in our travailing to birth the greatness that's in us. And God will use a trial to un unravel it. All right, I'm talking about legit. All right, look at your neighbor and tell him, say, this is legit. Come on, say it like you mean it. Tell him, say, look, this is legit. Okay, look back at him and say, you better be taking notes. You better be taking notes. It is not inherently negative. It is only negative. This word, pathena, suffering, is only negative when we experience it outside of faith. It's the only time that this word is used for a trial that is, has a negative outcome and a negative thing. But when we are going through something we don't understand, yet we trust God. Like when we were praying on Facebook this morning, I was praying uh, one of the Psalms, and it talked about, um, you know, that when we trust God, we are like the, we are like the mountain in Jerusalem. We're like Mount Zion. We won't be moved. There's a blessing in trusting God when you're going through something you don't understand. There's a blessing in being obedient and walking in the fruit of the Spirit and walking in Christ-likeness when you feel like slapping somebody upside the head. I said there's a blessing. Somebody say amen. amen. There's a blessing in doing what is right when it doesn't feel good. I said there is a blessing and walking in character, and honoring others, and honoring people, and honoring God, when you don't feel like doing the right thing, there is a blessing in doing what God is saying, and doing His plan, and walking it out. There is a blessing in being a legit Christian when you don't feel like being one. Yeah, Jesus. Suffering is ultimately the thing moving you forward to the goal God has for you. Amen. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, but came out in the power of the Spirit. Suffering was on the road to breakthrough. Hey, Jesus. All right, I'm preaching good. All right. Here's my first point. God redeems our suffering by revealing glory in us. I'm going to read verse 18 again. But once again, God redeems our suffering. He does something to the trial. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how, but I believe he does. He just does. He has a way of, of you going through it and him just flipping the script on the devil and everybody else. And the next thing you know, bam, breakthrough, favor. You're like, good Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. He's working in the background. For I consider that the sufferings, verse 18, of this present time, it is a season. It is not forever. Suffering is not your identity. Suffering isn't something you absorb and say, oh, woe is me. You know, you know, like Eeyore. 
in Winnie the Pooh. Oh, no, no, no. Well, you know, I'm just going to go to church. Somebody's like, oh. <laughs> you believe that, huh? Like, oh, yeah, like coming from you're like, oh, poor Pastor Sean. Oh, you know, nobody likes me. I'm just going to be a Christian in my heart. Oh, time for worship. Oh, going to go to work on Monday. How many of you know those emotions are real? Anybody out there ever feel like Eeyore? Come on, we got to have a tigger spirit. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. But some people are tigger 24-7, like chill out with tigger, okay? You need a little, you need to, you need to balance that out. Anybody been around like a tigger and they did tigger in the morning? Like, stop, okay? I, I need my coffee, yo. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> Anybody know a Tigger? Hey, who's a Tigger in here? You just like, you can't help yourself. You're like, yeah, Gabby. Gabby is a Tigger, everybody. That's why people want to hang out with Gabby. She's a Tigger. But come on now, we, need, we don't want an Eeyore spirit. Come on now. We're going to go through things, but those things don't have to define us, right? They're going to refine us. Let it refine you, not define you. Yeah, come on, write that down. I'm taking notes. I'm rhyming now. I'm going to let those, I'm going to let Pathina refine me, not define me. Right? I'm going to let it unravel what's in me, not push me down. Because the Bible says, for, the cons for consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory, the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, God is not so concerned about what's around you because he's doing something in you. God's more concerned what happens in you than what happens around you. And God will use the nastiness on the outside to bring out the greatness on the inside. He'll use the pathetic things around you to bring out the purpose in you. Yeah, Jesus, I'm preaching good. Come on now, Boyle Heights, where are you at? Suffering is ultimately the thing moving you forward to the goal God has for you. God redeems our suffering by revealing glory in us. Man, here, I got another scripture. They don't have it on here because every time I give them the scriptures, I find more afterwards because they put pressure on me. Pastor Sean, where are your points? And I say, I have them for you at three, and then I study after I give them to them. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse, that's a true story. It happened this weekend. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our, here it is. This is a powerful verse, powerful. You got to write it down. You got to take it home. You got to read it. Read it to your spouse. Read it to yourself. Read it to your dog. Read it to your kitty cat. Whatever it is you got. For our light affliction, um, look at your neighbor and say, this ain't nothing. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, you, you, you got this. Come on, tell him, say, you can handle this. This, this ain't nothing. Look, look at him and say, say it like you mean. Say, this ain't even nothing. I know it's horrible grammar. It doesn't matter. I'm not an English teacher. This ain't even nothing. All right, this ain't even, this is a light affliction. 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it's for a moment, it's not forever. What does that say? That you are supposed to go through things, not carry them with you through the next season. Many times we go through things and we carry them, we still bitter about something happened five years ago. And then it resurfaces to, and, you, and you lash out on somebody else, but that was actually somebody else that did it to you. They just happen to look like them or they wear the same cologne that person did and now you're mad at them because it triggered. Hey, Jesus. Mm, I'm, I'm all up in the kitchen now. But, but it says for, that, for our light affliction was but for a moment. Let the trial be a moment. Just let it be a moment and keep moving. 
Let that thing wash off of you and keep moving. Let that bitterness which you were done wrong by something, let it wash off you and keep moving. Let that relationship that didn't work out, let it just, let it, let, let it keep, keep it moving. This light affliction is but for a moment. Look, look at this, it's working for us. Oh man, they came through. It's working for us. Your trial is actually working for you. Your struggle is working for you. What you're going through is working for you. That person that just gets on your nerves and causes your flesh to manifest is working for you in Christ, in God, is working for you far more exceeding and eternal weight. There's glory again. The presence of God inside of you. God wants to uncover that. Like, like the woman that came to worship Jesus, she broke her alabaster box. The fragrance came out. God's wanting to break those things so glory can come out. All right? So glory can come out. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly great eternal weight of glory. Verse 19 in Romans. Back to Romans 8, 19. Look at this. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Identity. So look at this. All of creation is waiting for you to show up. The real you, the legit you, the God in you, the Christ in you. But look at he's going to establish identity, and you got to go through a process. And I'm here to tell you right now, all of creation is groaning. Creation was created to long for the redemption that's in the sons of God. This city, this neighborhood has been groaning for Sanctuary LA and the sons and daughters of God to, to, to rise up and to manifest creation, all of creation. It's... And it says that creation's anticipating a liberty to experience through you. The created world is saying, where are the sons and daughters of God? Where are the ones that will unapologetically, legit be who they are in Christ? Where are the ones that are okay with who they are, love who they are, will manifest who they are and not apologize for it. Be you and don't apologize. That is the gift to this world, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not Christ in you, you trying to be somebody else. No, Christ in you is the hope of glory being who you are is the greatest gift you can give this world. It's the greatest gift you can give your friends. It's the greatest gift you could give your enemies. It's the greatest gift you could give your spouse. It is the greatest gift you could give yourself. It's being who you are. All of creation. I mean, God created this thing for you to be you to receive it from God and to go through a process and not forget who that is and watch God unravel and unfold the mysteries that are inside of you. All right, I'm almost done. When you are who you are, here, I just got a couple more thoughts here. When you are who you are, you'll bring freedom to others. All right, here we go. I'm gonna say it again. When you are who you are, that's what it says. That... The glorious liberty of the sons of God. The creation's like, where 
are the sons and daughters of God that are being who they are because that's where liberty is. Being who you are. And we have to be a community that celebrates who people are. That we're not trying to make them like us. I'm not trying to make people like me. And you're not trying to make me like you. That, that you're going to be you. You know, we need, we need every part of the body doing its part. So being who you are, here it is. Here's another one. Being who you are is the purest expression of freedom. Being who you are is the purest expression of freedom. All right? That is freedom. And I'm here to tell you right now that that is what Jesus does to us. Is he empowers us. That's what Christian community ought to do. Is you get in a Christian community, you're like, man, I could be myself. That's why right here on the front of our church, we're a real church for real people. It's not that there's fake people. We're not like, oh, we're not. No, we want you to be you. Because there's greatness in you, and God created you, and you are enough, and you just need to do what you do, boo, right? You just need to manifest who you are, be that, you know, and sometimes you try to keep your quirkiness down because you just act quirky around people that really know you, and we're saying, go ahead, be your quirky self. All the quirky people are like, yes, thank you, pastor. I receive that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with unique idiosyncrasies and things. Like, you know, your little funny laugh that you shut down when you're around people you don't know. Because some of y'all have a funny laugh. See, you hear that? No, I'm just fine. <laughs> all right. Being who you are is the purest expression of freedom. We're talking about legit. We're going to talk about this all month. But being who you are. And this is talking about... Your identity, here it is, the found, I'm almost done, but the foundation of your identity is you are a son or a daughter. That is the basis of your life, that God the Father has adopted me, actually chose me, and says, I want Sean. Little goofy white one right there with glasses. Come over here. I'm like, okay, hey. Your identity, like God actually, in a world of options, that's what adoption is. It's that he's like, no, you, I want you, I want you. That we are chosen in him, the Bible says. And we did not choose him, he chose us and appointed us to go into bear fruit. Identity. Your identity rests on the fact that God literally handpicked you. He wants you. Not on his team, he wants you in his family. Not just on the team, but no, my son. I, I've said this time and time again, and I'll say it again. Nico, I will stop him dead in his tracks. I'll be like, Nico, come here. I want to talk to you. Take my hand. I'll look at him in his eyes almost every day, and I ask him, who's dad's boy? He goes. I go, that's right, and I go play. Be good to your sister. Why? Because I'm establishing the number one thing, when he goes out to do what he's going to do in this world, he's going to know that I am my daddy's son, period. And I love him. I didn't necessarily choose him. No, I'm just playing. Uh, that's messed up. I shouldn't have said that. 
but I would have chose him. I kind of chose him. Chose to have a baby. All right. Come on now. All right. Yes. Thank you. See? Thank you, brother. You know when a deacon forgives you? I'm good, man. I don't care if y'all don't like me. Deacon John loves me. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. We're almost done. We got one more part. Romans chapter 8, verse 23. We're almost done. You guys getting something out of this? You got to go into your week this week. I am God's son. I am God's daughter. That's all you need right there. Establish that. And that's what's going to empower you to go through the tough times. Because God will never allow you to go through something. He's a father. He will allow you to go through things. Because that's what dads do. He's not going to insulate you from the problems. But he's going to be with you through it. And he's going to do a mighty work in you through it. He's way more powerful than what's going on around you. Don't give so much credit to the trial. Worship God. Let the trial do its work. You're not married to the trial. You ain't going to carry that into the next season. Just keep walking. We go through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say, and the shadow of death gets in you and destroys the rest of your life thereafter. That's not in the Bible. What Bible are you reading anyway? What version is that? That ain't, that ain't New King James. I know that because that's the one I read. We walk. The Bible says identity. Here's identity. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Identity. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil. Why? Because identity was established before I started walking through it. I will fear no evil. His rod and his staff come for me. Come on now. Here we go. Verse 23. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. Even ourselves. I mean, creation's groaning. God is longing to manifest who he is in you. Creation is like, man, where is Nathaniel? Where, where's the, you know, Susie? Creation's like, Sue, where's, Susie's in there. Joshua, with a name like that. Yeshua. Salvation, creation's going. When Joshua shows up, liberty's coming. Freedom's coming. When Joshua steps on Biola University, I know it's a Christian college, but who cares? When Joshua shows up, freedom's here. Jesus is here. Come on now. You got you to think like that. When, when, when Amelia steps on Mendez High School, oh my goodness, the power of God. Boom. Oh, snap, here comes the kingdom. All up inside of Amelia, sweet little Amelia. Power of God, daughter of the king. Everything she's been through, every trial, every painful thing, God's going to work it for her good. And if you look later in Romans chapter 8, that's where it says, in all things work together for good to them that love God, that are called according to his purpose. It started with identity, child of God, son of God, heir of Christ, heir of God, joint heir with Christ. Go through suffering. All things work together for good. Why? Because the redeemed have Christ, the creator of the universe, walking with them through it. And we are, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We are redeemed and we've been reconciled, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, to God. 
And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That we are not only the redeemed, but we in Christ become redeemers. Everything we touch prospers. Joseph got favor in the prison. David received identity from the prophet. You are king. Triggered a process called the king of the day. He's actually going to try to kill you. Somebody say process. But he acted right. He was about to, he was about to, he was about to shank him. He could have, but he didn't. He just ripped his garment. And he actually was remorseful over that. He had the honor through the process. Next thing you know, boom, he's the king of the nation. He went from the cave to the palace. Here's my last point. We were created to long, to long for our God-given identity. The Bible says we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption. We were created to long for our God-given identity. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.